Welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell, where we have real conversations about what it takes to dive deep into the unique journey of healing. Health is not a win-lose game. Join us and our amazing guests to explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health. So grab a drink, go for a walk, get cozy, and let's peel the onion. Hey guys, Nancy here. Welcome back to Peeling the Onion. I am here to introduce you to the episode. Um, Yet again, Cheryl has brought in an amazing talent, her good friend, Jen Clemens. She's a naturopathic doctor and and an actor and trained as an acupuncturist. Uh, She deems herself as an educator as well and really believes that in her practice as a doctor, she is there to educate and and support her patients through their healing journey. And if you have had any doubts about what journey you're on and if it's the right path or if you're doing the right thing or if really peeling the layers back is worth your time, this episode is actually going to send it home and that our healing journey takes time and it takes patience. But but before we get started, I want to give you a little bit of an insight into Jen's philosophy. And her bio shares that for over a century, the medical industry has worked to separate people from their innate healing wisdom. And now the global population is suffering from increasing rates of chronic disease and potentially endless prescriptions for for suppression of symptoms instead of healing. We must make different choices for the health of the future of our, our generations. She believes educating about health, encouraging people in the return to nature's wisdom for healing, empowering people in their ability to make truly informed choices. This is how we can restore balance in the health of the people and the planet. Guys, you're in for a treat. Like I said, Jen Clemens is amazing. And I want you to dive in and think about your own journey. Enjoy the podcast. Guys, welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast. Nancy and I are here. It's a rainy day in Atlanta, Georgia, but we're here with somebody near and dear to me. I'm excited um, that today we have Dr. Jen Clemens. Woo woo! Yeah. So excited about this. Thank you, Jen, for joining us. Yes. You. Yeah, I love I love your little love affair between each other. Cheryl, will you enlighten us? Because it's, it's this is like a pandemic stimulated crush relationship. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh Pretty no, much, right? Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, I don't know. Let's call it what it is. You yeah. know, I met Jen during pretty early in the pandemic. Um, and Jen is a naturopathic doctor. She's an acupuncturist. You know, a little bit of a forger, a little bit of an herbalist, a little this, a little that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually found her during the pandemic early on because we were both on Instagram and she was making videos about immune systems. And I was like, who is this chick doing these amazing educational videos on immunity? And <laughs> I was like, and at the time I was in functional medicine um, at the beginning of functional medicine school. And I was actually in a immune function and dysfunction class and um, for functional medicine school. And then 
you know, Jen kind of, her little videos kind of made it a little simpler uh, at times. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I remember reaching out to Jen and then, you know, kind of having this banter and then fast forward, how, how would we even describe this, Jen? It's silly. I mean, I sent you this picture of this great dinner the other day. Like, that's kind of, <laughs> I was like, look at my dinner. <laughs> But we'll share ideas. Like I love Cheryl's learning stuff. I spent so much time learning, but my brain gets full. And so it's awesome mm-hmm. just to sort of revisit as she learns and she's excited about it or to bounce ideas off. What would you do that? You know, there's, mm-hmm. we could probably talk about anything happily. It's most often food, medicine. We send each other pictures of our cats <laughs> in ridiculous sleep positions because yes, they're sort of similar. They could be cousins. I think Koji and Minnie could be cousins. And um, just a real, it's like a a brain crush, like real appreciation yeah. for oh, I and, like the, that. and the similarities. Yeah, well. We're brain crushing. Yeah, because we'll think through things similarly or we tackle problems. It's like we just can shed a little different light on it. And then I find it really validating. I love teaching. I've been teaching for years, but I, it's nice to know someone appreciated it or that it's out there or it lands or <laughs> right. Cause we don't always see ourselves that way. And so Cheryl will be like, Oh, that was really good. What? Make more yeah, videos. <laughs> I need to, I know I need more of me is the, is what's coming up next. As Tina says, I got to turn my lighthouse on. There you mm. go. Mm, I like that. Go Here for we it. Are. Yeah. Well, we're, we're really impressed with your work and, and love your ethos. Um, I know you live in the Bay Area and treat folks there. I assume you're also seeing people from a virtual level um, in your practice. In California, yeah. In California, right. One thing that we really wanted you to come here to talk to, to, talk to us about, Jen, is how you relate to your clients who are coming in the door, who have maybe already gone to see their their general practitioner or even a specialist about some of the symptoms that they're feeling and are feeling either unheard, overwhelmed, confused, still sick, but being told that they're fine. Um, and quite often, it sounds like from what I, I, I've already learned from you in this short amount of time that it you approach it from a, a 360 degree angle. I mean, that's not really an angle, actually. It's, it, it, it's a circle so that you're trying to sort of help this person who walks in your your practice to see themselves to differently, to think about their health journey differently than maybe they were raised with or that they've been told that they needed to do um, by their doctor. Can you t- tell us more about your practice, I guess? Let's start there. And I love the analogy used of a circle because I feel like that's one of the primary tools is drawing people in to their own health care. So I grew up in a Western medicine family, you know, an ER doc dad and a public health care nurse. You can imagine the interesting conversations we've had. And I always say, I say, you know, it's like a midget on shoulders of giants. If I hadn't grown up with those conversations, I probably wouldn't have started asking these other questions also. Um, what is lactose intolerance? Um, what does that mean to meet people with different medicine that there's not a one size fits all? That was also something that really stood out. So then this next level of drawing people into the circle of their care. Yeah. Cause that's often who comes in. They'll say, I don't feel great. I went to the doctor, you know, they said, I'm fine. I don't feel fine. And so that's, 
to me, I always say your body's going to whisper and then it's going to get louder and then it's going to shout. If we can catch it at the whisper, oh, save some pain and suffering. And <clears throat> the other one that's interesting that's coming in now, of course, and I'm sure, Cheryl, you're seeing it too, is the doctor says, oh my gosh, your cholesterol, you need da-da-da. You know, so I had a patient, we've been friends for a long time, but he came in and said, Jen, I just, I knew I have to ask you because they saw me for 15 minutes. They want to put me on three prescriptions. They didn't even really explain why, you know, what do you think? And I said, well, yeah, I think we need to talk more about it. We looked at his labs and I didn't think his cholesterol was terrible. And I thought we need to talk about other impacts, aspects, you know, and this is also, um, He's in his 60s, and he's still very um, virile, wink, wink, and active. <laughs> I said the worst thing would be to reduce his cholesterol and reduce his testosterone level. Are you kidding? Like, talk about joy de vivre. Like, he needs that. And, and also meeting him there. There's a funny story. I love you, Dad. He's... I went into the ER and they'd already heard my name and they didn't question anything. It was great. And I looked at him and I said, wow, we are different because I don't, I don't want to be questioned all the time. Like, oh, well, you said this. And I looked it up on Google and it said that, that I don't have time for. And I tell people that's fine. If you want, you know, I don't want to argue with Dr. Google at all, but I do want questions who are patients who are asking questions. I want people who are engaging in it because we're putting them in the driver's seat. So even more than bringing them in the circle of their own health, they're really in charge of it. They get the benefit, they get the consequences. And that can be a very difficult conversation for people because they want someone to tell them what to do. Then where are you if it starts to feel more mysterious or you get out in deeper water? My foundational you know, wish or job would be to really teach people about their healthcare, how the body works. I mean, that's where Cheryl and I met. It was, I just felt like if people knew how the immune system worked and understood the beauty that nature has bestowed upon us, it would just, the questions would dissolve. Everything else would really fall away. The foundation of this whole baloney system would become very apparent because we're blessed with this beautiful immune system this body that is incredible, that communicates with us if we can slow down, listen, and engage. And a, a real doctor, that root of the word docere, is to teach. And that's what we're really supposed to be doing. And doesn't that just turn it all on its head? When I'm doing the patient interview, I'll say to folks, I'm really kind of the antithesis of the current medical model. You know, for sure would have been burned not long ago for the heresy of suggesting you could go harvest cleavers out of your yard and, you know, eat them and it would be helpful. Um, that what you eat would impact how you feel, that it is in your control to change it. I think that's a really huge gap and a miss. So it's like, yeah, bringing them in the, in the winner's circle and helping them know that they do have a choice. They can change the outcome. It's not a foregone conclusion and try to get them curious about it, then, because you can see when it starts to take off and they come in and they'll say, oh, I had this thought or, oh, I tried this thing. One patient, I said, well, here's my idea, but ask your body. 
am I missing a signal that you're getting a clearer message of really want to put it back on them? Yeah. Yeah. I think people get scared. I mean, don't you feel like if feels yeah. really scary to flip it and to, to flip the control, the, um, the empowerment over to the patient. Well, that was what I right. said yesterday and she laughed. I said, I, I'd like to be training wheels. And she laughed and mm. said, that's a great way to say it. Because what I'd found over time as they get the hang of it. So first, as they get back in their body, because that I feel like is a real source of discontent, disempowerment as people are kind of out of their body and they, it's mysterious, it's scary. Why is it doing this? And then really kind of connect them in. There is a innate wisdom. We just need to know how to hear it. Here's these foundations. And then they start to feel comfortable with it. And then they eventually kind of graduate because they've learned how to listen. They've learned how to find their resources. Each body is unique and is going to talk in a unique way. Generally, it's it's not impossible, but they're generally going to have the same like flags and alarms, right? It's your sore shoulder. It's a joint thing. It's a skin thing. And so they know to watch for when that comes up. And it's... I, I'm picturing like tuning people into their dashboard, hmm. right? With, yeah. Yeah. Get, oh, that warning yeah. light's coming on. Or here's what I want you to watch for. And then the physical really is in a way sort of the last biggest, thickest expression of it. So that's the other thing I'll tell people is we're going to start by talking about the physical. What are you eating? How are you pooping? Yeah. What's happening on your skin? And this is all important, but I just, I need to warn you. I will tell them it will quickly, emotional stuff will start to come up, whether it's dreams, whether it's feelings. I mean, there'll be times I'll have my, because I do love to do the hands-on work. I'll do acupuncture and cranial and Reiki and something that's its own, we're joking, we'll call it the gen method. (laughs) Um, Not that other people aren't doing it, but, you know, mend their knee, I'm listening, and then they'll have a thought or a memory. I mean, it is mind-blowing what can come up when you're, you know, lovingly touching carefully, pe- you know, parts of people's bodies or one woman, it was really profound. It was when she was face down, finally, that she started talking about her husband's death and the feelings and the process and what came up. And I was like, thank you. Thank you that she felt safe enough, but she also needed to be hidden enough. And then she could share it because when we, share those stories and let those out. I mean, I can feel that harmony resettle in, in whatever the astral, the psychic realm, and then the body (sighs) eases. Right. And so I'll say to people, if you want to only talk physical, we can only talk physical. We'll do labs, supplements, physical. We're still going to hit these other parts of the web because it's all interconnected. If you're ready to, yeah, energy medicine, I've been getting into the Flower Essences, The Lotus Way, and Katie mm-hmm. Hess. Amazing. I love her stuff. Okay. I love her stuff. It love is so stuff. inspired. It's so loving. <clears throat> and then that's great because I grew up in the, I grew up in Marin County. It's psycho babble. We all went to therapists. We all, I mean, I love it and I joke about it because my partner's an East Coaster and East Coast, you don't talk about it. The West Coast, you talk about it at dinner. <laughs> sort of overdone. <laughs> There's an right. in between. But I've come to learn that talk therapy can be traumatic to revisit it and to hash it out or myself included, we get really attached to our stories 
And it could be like being attached to our wounds. Oh, I've got this. I've got this wound. You know, I mean, it can be a point of connection. It can be a point of healing. And also, wow, what if we could heal it by these other methods that don't, it doesn't need to be hashed out or revisited. It can be felt, held, loved, and then released a little and unwinds if we're willing to unwind it and, and you yeah. know, put our wounds down. Well, and that's the impetus of whole body medicine, whole body care, right? And I think it's like, we could even just say like, this is self-care at its ultimate, ultimate level, right? Like, it's like, I don't know, it's like we put the label of medicine, right? Almost, but it's like, well, but is it? <laughs> at the Everything's end of- medicine. How's that? It's yeah. All- nature, how we breathe. Yeah. But like true in its nature's root of how we were, you know, sort of brought into the world and how we're supposed to live and, you know, and thrive, you know? And I think that's the big difference. It's not patches. It's not necessarily band-aids. It's like, we all have trauma. We all have things like there, you know, and it can be, trauma can be all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't have to be like you were abused or X, Y, and Z. Like it can be a million different, you know, situations. Um, But I think it's a good reminder to all of us that like we, the rootedness in nature that our bodies self-heal, right? That um, this sort of bigger picture of, but what what does that really look like? You know, and it's like, yes, sometimes medicine is life-saving. Yes, um, you know, we have all these different things. Yes, we can. And I've been down that same rabbit, you know, r- r- not rabbit hole, but, you know, sort of path of, yeah, I can sit here and I can supplement you and I can do this and I can do that and I can do your labs. We can find the, you know, some of the components of what's going on. But also if you're not willing to address the heart piece, the mind piece, the, you know, all this like bigger picture, like stuff will come back. You know, like that, yeah, healing doesn't live in a vacuum. And I just this week prescribed nature to one of my clients. And I was like, I don't care what it is. If you have to have somebody roll you out of your house and face plant you in the grass because your adrenals are so fried just to get you in outside and in nature and getting vitamin D, I was like, so be it. You know, like hug a tree, do anything, just get out. And the reminder that it could be that simple and it could be right out the door and the, yeah, the separation is causing us so much harm. There was one patient I said, well, you're gardening, right? She said, oh yeah, I'm in there every day. I was like, what? You know, and I was kind of getting a feeling of a something. And I said, are you wearing gloves? She said, oh, of course. Otherwise my hands, they get so chapped. I said, well, just for a few minutes, I really want you to take your gloves off and maybe take your shoes off and engage in that system. I mean, we need that touch. We need that that transmission, that communication. If it's a healthy, as it should be, soil and biome, we need that, you know, microbes and molecular information and exchange and that that can help so much. I mean, it's, they made a whole practice of earthing and grounding and really means, you know, take your shoes off. Also, what is it for us, again, to feel supported in that, right? Because there's such a heavy individualistic, you have to figure it out. It's on you. And myself as a, as a mom and as a helper, 
to actually stand on the earth or maybe lay down on the earth and remember there is this ginormous (laughs) mama holding us up, absolutely willing to hold whatever we bring and the medicine of that, right? Go outside, yell, scream, talk, write a note and bury it to engage those other sort of intangible medicines can be hugely important. And then, yeah, I think that's the big one is the the reconnecting piece because we get so disconnected. So we've been disconnected from our own ability to heal. Oh, well, you couldn't possibly know or understand or it's much too heady. Um, no, it's really kids know you hurt yourself. You like hold your knee, right? It A hug can help. Um, that's why we love the animals so much. Just taking that time to co-regulate for a minute. It it can help affect so much more than a supplement necessarily, or, and they can go together, right? It's like the story about, they did a study, research study, what you, what your window looked out in the hospital and the healing rates. Do you remember that one? It was fantastic. The people that looked out and saw like a brick wall or did not heal as fast. They had higher inflammatory markers, different things like that. I think there was even a story, this was probably a Patch Adams story. The guy that couldn't see out the window and was, I think it's not real. I think it was just a story, but the person was pretending they could see and would describe the city scene and the skate, you know, the people walking by, all these things. And when the guy finally healed and got up out of the hospital bed and looked out the window, there wasn't jack shit. But the story that this person had told was enough to inspire memories of, right? I mean, how much, how potent and powerful is the brain? And story. So I think that's the other part of what I'm trying to engage people in is getting in the the mucky muck of their story and then the healing and the resolution of it. That's been another topic lately with people. Our body is really a, it's a lodestone. It's our truth teller if we can be tuned into it. So I feel like first step is trying to help people get tuned in. And then we're here to learn. And I don't love this, but we're here to learn through suffering and mistakes and pain and <clears throat> broken hearts. You know, so they say to patients, we're, we could have stayed angels. We could have stayed in the ether, but we're here for the orgasm and the vomiting, right? <laughs> the, the heartbreak <laughs> and the decadent chocolate. Oh, All that's of it. the best quote ever. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> orgasms and puking their brains out but you know what there's truth in that right it's it's easy to detach from our stories from our journeys there's a degree of um humbleness that comes along it's like we're constantly revamping who we are as people we should always be revamping who we are as people right it's like man i look at it was funny i was thinking about this recently because i just had a birthday and i was like man my 20 year old self compared to like my 28 year old self compared to like my 34 year old self compared to my in my 40s self it's like like mind-blowing you know and that that we have this evolution and um you know I think you know at the end of the day it's like that's the most important for all of us to you know recognize I think we live in a society where it's easy to point fingers, everything is this or this, everything's black or white, right? You know, your allopathic medicine or your only holistic medicine. It's like, no, man, there's a bridge to like all the various things, right? And really everything comes down to 
seeing ourselves, I think being easier on ourselves, you know, asking bigger questions, seeing others um, as much as we can and their true and best states, even with their flaws and like, you know, moving forward and really just like love and, you know, sort of connecting with who we're meant to be. That's the medicine is to connect people with themselves. And so, um, yeah, really lovingly accept the mistakes and the parts that got us here or right. Instead of it has to be right or wrong, or I think we're getting really caught. People are getting really caught in an aversion to symptoms. So that's also a, you know, they just want to suppress the symptom, make it go away. They just want to feel better. They don't want to feel uncomfortable, but that is also a disservice because there's so much information in it. So yeah, even to look back at the cringy choices we made in our twenties or thirties or how much we know now, and then can we really shine compassion on that? That's what it took to get us to here and to help people have some humor. That's another thing I try to bring to the medicine for sure is, can we, you know, laugh about it? Can we joke about it? Even, even when it's really messed up. And I don't mean to say like disrespectful humor, but we're here to learn. What if we really put that at the root of it, at the the basis of it? We're here to learn, okay, what's our body trying to tell us? What are these symptoms trying to tell us? What's being asked of me to grow? And at essence, yeah, doctor or healer or facilitator of it is reconnecting people with themselves, drawing them in in a co-creative process, right? Instead of this top-down, just telling them what to do. And or if you do this, then you know the symptom will go away. It'll be resolved. It, it gets cagey because I can't always, I'm not going to promise people anything because the trajectory is different, but I can promise that as you get engaged in your own health and as you learn to shine that love light for yourself, often it's easier to maybe shine it out for others. Can we bring it in? Take that time. Healing happens in profound ways that I might not even be able to predict or it's it's lovely when people come back and something else has resolved that I didn't even know was an issue or that they didn't think could ever change. And yeah, how to encourage that evolution instead of just the stuckness or it's always going to be this way. Yeah. And um, I was going to say, I think a lot of the things I keep coming back to when I was seeing clients actively that pertains to, you know, your philosophy, Jen, it's just, you know, yeah, let's, let's build a bridge of compassion. The first hurdle is actually what I was finding so frequently is that it just requires a a big bottle or even a bucket of self-worth. And um, so many of us kind of are told that we're, you know, women especially let's be honest but men obviously all of us have have, maybe somebody has told us along along the way that we're not worth spending time on um that our time that our bodies that our our desires are actually important um that that we need to be more in service of others um and so you know that was that was actually one of the biggest hurdles honestly but i could i could supplement somebody you know i could 
design the perfect meal plan. I could help them learn how to cook. Um, but I can't actually put a knife in their hand and actually tell them, actually, you were doing this for you. Um, and sometimes I had to say, well, for your kids, let's start for your kids. We're going to eat well for your kids. Um, we're going to eat well for your husband who you think needs more a time with me than, than you do. Um, <laughs> cause right. We want to solve everybody else, but ourselves. Um, and yeah, I mean, how do you deal with resistance? I mean, we, we could talk all about like, oh, you really should feel better about yourself and I'll oh, just give that 20 year old a bit good pat on the back. It'll be okay. But that's not, let's just be real. Like, <laughs> no, it's hard. Like, <laughs> it's hard to engage people in it. What I've been struggling with lately is also the valuing of it. Mm, Me valuing myself because it is certainly worth more than I'm charging. And yet some people would say I'm charging too much, but people will go out and buy dinner for a hundred or $200 and not think twice about it. And the, the messaging of that, I'm still working on capturing that valuing. Yes, I deserve the time and care, especially as caregivers. Oh, am I going to really, you know, lay down on a table and get a massage for an hour? Aren't there things to do? Actually doing this will help all those other people. So I do especially because I love helping helpers. I mean, everyone's a helper in a way, but the nurses, the teachers, um, fellow body workers and, and healers, I'll say to them, and that is a great way to, can I, as, as I'm helping them, I'm helping all the people that they help and they get that. And that against anchors people in the healthy matrix in a way, because then they can understand the impact and right. Can we because I do think that's an avenue is you're doing this for your kids. Then people can understand that um, and feel the investment of it. And then eventually, hopefully they really, you know, it's kind of like the Dumbo's feather and then the feather goes away and they realize they can fly all on their own. And, oh, we have to, I have to do this for, for me. This is an important, I'm worthy of this. I'm deserving of this. Um, and that's the other part that can really come up and be tricky with, symptoms or pain or disharmony why isn't my body working and you know maybe this working it's working the best it could or it's working as best it can how can we help it work better we can just shift that context a little bit for people instead of a punitive kind of a feeling right to in invite them in i'm trying to invite them in i'm trying to give context loads and loads of compassion and I think it, some folks get it and some don't. That's why a favorite referral is someone else that's been working with me already because they can explain it. And that's what I'll say to the new folks. I'll say, well, I'm so glad so-and-so told you a little bit about our work because you'll see I'm a different kind of doctor and what I'm going to ask of you is different and it might be uncomfortable. And I do feel like that's where people will balk at maybe at the cost or the commitment what's under that? It's, do I deserve to feel better? Is it possible to feel better? Do I deserve to feel better? Is it okay to prioritize myself? Some folks, they feel mostly okay, but something's not quite right. Those are my favorite folks to work with. My coach said, who do you want to work with? I said, oh, healthy people who want to be healthier. And she said, well, mm. yeah, <laughs> that's who we all want to work with. <laughs> but they come in and I love that. It's much harder when it's 
farther along or more entrenched or if people are very, very attached to it. I mean, I'll meet people wherever they are. There's always room for healing, even as we're sure. exiting. You know, it's it's not necessary. There's, there's only one way out. <laughs> so how do we want to approach that way? And how do we want to yeah. prepare for that way? Which is hopefully right. a long ways off. What does it look like to think proactively you know, what do I want these years and hopefully decades to be like is a different question than, oh gosh, I really hope nothing bad happens. Those are two totally different ways to approach health. Yeah. Like punting it down the field just to wait for another day. I think that's really, when I think about it myself too, I mean, I'm, I can speak from experience. It's like, oh, I can handle this. I have enough knowledge. I have enough resources. I can figure this out on my own. And and when in reality, I I probably could. Do I have the time? Do I have the energy? Is it really smart to be my own practitioner? No, (laughs) no, it's not. And um, and you know, I was actually on an acupuncture table yesterday in a community clinic setting, and you get to hear the interactions and the conversations that the next person's having with the acupuncturist. And this woman came in; she's in her she's sixty eight, and was uh, was a dancer up until very recent, like a cu- couple years ago, like actively still like running a studio and dancing. And she said to the practitioner, she said, um, "I." I didn't understand what people in their 60s felt like because I felt like I was at I was 48, you know, and not and not 68. And now that I've slowed down and I I feel it now. And she's like, I've had to really forgive myself and understand. She's like, I, I the only way I've gotten through this is to finally fall in love with the process and that it is a process. It is not, I am not who I was two or three years ago, I'm not who I was in my 40s. I am I am now a 68-year-old woman who made some choices, who now has to um, realign and reconfigure what my reality is. And um, so I feel like what I'm hearing from you and what I took, like my nuggets of wisdom from this woman who <laughs> just got to eavesdrop on was just like, we need to, um, we got to just like, forgive ourselves for our choices and and pick up from and into the pieces into the little steps you know it's it's just overwhelming to be able to to, to like think that we're going to heal it like it's we're going to get from a to z overnight a and b that it's not going to be hard right <laughs> um I just, it's such a complicated, it's, it doesn't have to be complicated yet. It feels so overwhelming for so many people. It can. I mean, I often tell people one of my driving forces is curiosity about everything. And it, and it helps, especially if I'm feeling really low or despairing or frustrated or, you know, I mean, humans are not impressing me right now (laughs) (laughs) at all. And so if I can get curious instead, Mm. wow, well. I know, you know, I know there's a, I trust that there's a, an unfolding, you know, that there is, I don't know if it's specifically a plan or a process, but if I can trust that, if I can be curious about what brought us here, where is it going, then there's a little more lightness and an interest. And that, that comes back to, yeah, working with patients to see what's coming up to, you know, 
patient heard me say this a couple weeks ago and she was describing, you know, she's getting more emotional and we're doing a lot of detox and cleansing. The goal is weight loss. Um, she struggled with it for a long time and had different successes, but it always kind of rebounds. And so I'm just reminding her there's emotion in that adipose tissue in the body. And so what did I say to her? I said, well, subjectively, I hear that this is feeling really uncomfortable. Excuse me, but objectively, this is great. <laughs> no, to, to really, and then she could laugh a little and she could feel that, right? There's a lot of healing in that moment um, to lovingly witness and then to honor the body's wisdom. And I feel like right now, especially the things that we learned to protect ourselves and to just survive and deal, you know, especially lately, because some folks were trying to come out of that protective shell or we're just taking stock of the trauma that we've all been put through and then all the different ways people deal with trauma. And instead of uh, judging or even like a heavy categorizing, to be curious. Oh, wow. So that's how you dealt with this or that's how you're trying to navigate this. What, you know, what comes, what comes up? How do you feel that? How are your dreams? What are your comfort foods? What are you gravitating towards? And then that's another way to lovingly bring attention to it when people are over medicating or, um, you know, numbing. Yeah. The, the conversation about stopping alcohol has been coming up a lot lately with friends and loved ones. And I'm almost three years in, I don't think I could have stopped without the interrupt of the pandemic, you know, interrupting parties and socializing and different things. And then I stuck at home with my kid, she's on Zoom school, and got really clear, who do I want to be for her? That was what really helped me motivate. And then once I started stepping away from it, and this is the really, the gem I've been trying to share with people, I was trying to, you know, numb out those feelings or postpone these big feelings or just, oh, not, I'm not ready to feel that right now. They don't go anywhere. It turns out those feelings just hang out and wait until you're ready. And in a way, they accumulate until you're ready. And I think it's the same thing in the body. And part of what we're trying to do, lovingly, compassionately holding a space so that those things can untangle, so that they can surface, so that they can you know, be noticed and felt. I'm picturing almost like they pop up and then we kind of wave and then they can drift away. There's going to be another one, you know all the way till the end. I said that to another patient. Remember spinal tap? Maybe when we figure it out, we just spontaneously combust. But <laughs> that's is a that great the goal? But that's not, I don't want to just spontaneously combust. I want more orgasms and more chocolate and maybe more vomiting. Not really, but I know it's part of it. And God, I hate vomiting, but it's necessary. Oh, you know, I it, hate it. It reminds me though, like one of my favorite books that I use in my practice with my clients all the time is um, Louise Hay has this like little book called Heal Your Body. And it's all about like the mental causes of physical illness, basically. And so, you know, it's like stuff gets trapped, whether we intended it to be trapped, whether we didn't intend it to be trapped, whether it was, you know, a blunt trauma, other that we didn't even know was trauma, like real life, right? Um, But it's one of my favorite things, because you can go and you can look up, you know, anything, right? Like, 
if you have IBS, you're dealing with mold toxicity, you're dealing whatever, it doesn't matter. And it'll sort of give like the mental root of that illness and then a mantra that goes goes with it. And so it's been one of my favorite things because one of the things I have all my clients do on their healing journeys, usually pretty early on, is I'm like, so let's make a mantra around it. Let's make something that you're going to say every day or most days that reminds you or, you know, or anchors you in the journey of, you know, what your body is doing, where your body is going, where your mind is going, right? Like, based on like whatever they're going through. And it's so helpful. And it was great because like, even this week I had a session, one of my clients, she was like, that mantra that you gave me helped me make right six months ago. She's like, I was real kind of revisiting it. And she goes like, and I always, you know, encourage my class. I'm like, well, journal, journal what's happening, write it down. Like, remember where you were from point A to point B to point C, point D. And she goes, how much I've shifted in those, in that six months, you know, she's like, I go outside every day. I go for walks. My sex life is better. Like, you know, I'm doing all these different things and there are things that we're still working on and there's toxicity stuff that's going to take a while to get it all roped in because some of that healing takes a longer time. That's okay. But just like the mental, emotional peace and like the power that we, we each hold, um, that we don't even know we have, right? It's easy to feel defeated or stuck in our healing journeys or stuck getting started or not feeling like we know what to do or that we want to make that investment in ourselves, whether that's financially or other, it doesn't matter, but that we all have um, the power to make change, right? And this ability to move ourselves forward and it's just inching. And, you know, it doesn't have to be some crazy hoopabla, I don't know. You know, a no, hundred things. Go ahead, Nancy. I, no, I was just only going to say I, I have I very often want so much to cook for someone before they start cooking for themselves, so that by the time they're ready to cook for themselves, they understand why they're eating it, that their body craves it, that that like this is the food that feels good, that like their palate is shifted, that their gut is happy, that like, you know, because. If we're going, and that's the whole thing about meeting us all, meeting ourselves, meeting our our clients, our patients, you know, where they are is like, well, I'm I would I'm very happy to help you design a meal plan and to think about re- reconstructing your diet. Uh, and you we cannot go from eating out every day to cooking for yourself every day. It's just, I, I'm all due respect to all of your, when you still have the same job and the same two kids and the same, you know, busy life. And so I so often wish I could do that. And in fact, I have a couple of people who were able to do that. You know, it's, it's all about resources, but yeah, it's able to just say like, Hey, let's just get some good food in the house. Let's just start there. And someone just said to me, and I thought it was amazing, was that somebody's going through a really hard time and everybody's just, you know, perplexed about how this person's going to navigate the next steps and she's overwhelmed. But somebody asked, um, stopped and asked her like, hey, what, what if you... What have you accomplished so far? Like, what are you happy with that you've done so far? And it just gave her perspective, which is what Cheryl, I think you were doing with your your patient. It was just this whole idea of like, hey, I think the the whole process of um, 
of taking these baby steps and and realizing like, hey, it's let's just get some good food in the house. <laughs> good food could be brain food. Good food could be any food, outdoor time, you know, whatever it is. And let's well, celebrate and love, ourselves. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and I love the reminder that it's a stepwise process. I mean, back to it and what Cheryl was saying too about that there is some predictability in patterns in our body, how different emotions, where they're held. You know, I love that in Chinese medicine, that each organ has an associated emotion and whatever can give people context to connect and listen. And then the idea that there's, you know, steps and a predictable unfolding for it, because that's what we're teaching people, right? And those are the tools that we're giving them and that there is a change and it will change. It will it will be different. And then, yeah, super important to stop and look back and see how far we've come because um, we do forget. And then the symptoms kind of fall away, but then we're focused on the next symptom or. Well, it's all like, it's all falling in love with the process. I mean, I think, you know, I think if, you know, doing, um, <laughs> it's tricky when we assume that, you know, we talk to our, our, uh, our orthopedic surgeon and say, Hey, I've got a bummed knee. Um, so, and so went to you and they took, you know, and you, you did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I want the same thing. I'm going to, I want to be healed. I want to be done. And, but that healing journey is not the same as your friend's healing journey. And, um, the inflammatory process is different in their body than your body, but we don't. And unfortunately, and there's no fault here. Jen, I think, I think your your work is so powerful, and I think if the messengers around, you know, if we could all just be these these compassionate messengers for each other, um, you know, if we could if we could take anything away from this conversation, I feel like it's it's that which is just to say like, hey, you know, you I am I am here. I see you. I can reflect back to you what I'm hearing. Um, I can be a soundboard and I'm going to give you, I'm going to model to you as much compassion as I hope that you can give yourself. Um, and, uh, and you know, it takes time. <laughs> Just a reminder that it takes time. It's that Ram Dass quote that I love so much, right? We're all walking each other home. I love that. It's really encouraging and it helps me and it it puts it in some context. We're all learning together or I'll say patients, I'm working on this too. I'm learning it. And then as soon as I get somewhat of a handle, I'm happy to share what's helped me or what's helped other people. It's also collecting people's stories and holding that space and witnessing because of, you know, sort of the hundredth monkey effect too. And I'll remind people of that as they are working on their childhood trauma, their trouble with food their reluctance to invest in themselves as they work on that and heal that, I really believe it ripples out in the collective and someone else will have an easier time as well. So if we just, yeah, we just keep with that in mind, yes, it's the individual and it's also the collective. There's, we're all in it together. Where do we want to go? That's a really yeah. important question right now. Yeah. Mm, I love true. that. Well, I always tell all my clients, you heal you, celebrate every win, doesn't matter how big or small it is, right? Give yourself and give others grace as much as you can, and you just keep moving forward. 
um, you know, that's all that's all we can all really do. That's right. That's all we can do. Right. I know getting stuck is um, at least this is how I feel. I feel like if I getting stuck is so much more uncomfortable than moving through. And, um, you know, but I, I, I will say I've only learned that because I've had to. You know, and that's I think what I was it just takes, thinking. You have to experience mm-hmm. that to know that you do. It's it takes a lot more energy. It's a lot more painful to try to yeah. resist the change. It's really hard to talk someone out of that, right? Well, I mean, it's sort of like I I was terrified. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm still pretty scared to just do a dead jump off of a cliff, like just to like cl- cliff dive. To, reasonable. To, like, do, That's a reasonable Do the fear. rope swing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like to do the rope swing, to like do the big slide, to, yeah. to get on the freaking roller coaster. Really? Um, You're scared of roller coasters? Not scared of roller coasters. No. You know, I was just uh, thinking just as like I said the, that. Like ethereal. Okay. Well, yes. I am, I'm cool with the up and down. You 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 add a couple loop de loops and I'm like hell no get me out of here yeah <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it talk about vomiting I don't like to vomit I don't like to go upside down strapped to a machine that can fly off it's gravity god damn it it's fucking gravity anyway and for those of you who know uh, like I'm Nancy and I've known each other for a long time so my shock <laughs> is like wow I did not know this about you like. You know, but yes, there's like, you know, the ethereal version of this. And then there's like the actual physical version of this. Um, but, you know, all the same idea. So. <laughs> Mucky muck feelings feel like that. And am I yeah. going to really like turn towards this? You want me to sit with this I know. feeling and ask it what's up? And, ah. and that's hard because we've also been really hard. trained really hard. and taught a little bit that our feelings don't necessarily matter right there's a lot of things that go in to you know and even people who are you know they're like oh you're oversensitive and it's like well are you oversensitive or is it just you're tuned in in a different way is it you know this or is it that right like we our emotional iq it can be a little a little wonky you know i had to learn my sensitivity is is actually one of my superpowers and that's where i love having young kids in too, because I'll tell them, listen, I get it. For so long, I was so sensitive and I thought it was something wrong with me. And now I can use it as a tool to help patients and help people. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's super important. Yeah, I know that those intuitive hits, just retraining our our body to, to believe in them and to see them. I mean, I think one of the most viable things I've actually learned in my and uh, in this era of my life, as I'm hitting middle age, is is that idea of like this feels good and that feels bad, and I need to trust what feels good and what feels bad because that barometer for me is truth, and it is what keeps it is what how I keep myself safe, um, and how I make good decisions. And I wasn't I wouldn't say I was robbed of that, but I I really. That's worked out of that. That was worked out of me. They're that talking people out of, out of it. How could you possibly oh. know? Oh, I'll tell you. Listen to the experts. All that right. stuff disempowers no, I, that, right? Not even that. But let's just talk about like being a child, right? Like be yeah. seen and not heard. Like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry that you're unhappy about this, but you don't have a choice. This is not up to you. Um, you need to go put up and shut up. This is just it. Suck it up. And so I think um, we say that a lot. You know, <laughs> and I think a friend of mine was just probably bringing up the idea that like everybody says, oh, kids are so resilient. Kids are so resilient. 
I don't know. She was questioning that. It's like, it's hard. Are they resilient? You know, I, so. I usually find polarizing extremes. Usually it's somewhere in the middle is probably the happy zone <laughs> for a whole lot of things, you know? That's true. Um, That's true. So, well, so Jen, right. if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners to take away today, one, one Jen Clemens nugget. Dr. Jen says, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) I think right now it's, um, Dr. Jen says it's, it's up to you. Mm. Where this goes. Hell yeah. Where you end up. Yep. Yep. It's up to you. Up to you, babe. You're in charge. I love it. I love it. It gets me chills. It's like, yes, just keep empowering yourselves. Thank you. Thanks for your wisdom, Dr. Jen. We oh, appreciate you, you being here. to share. Mm-hmm. I hope it helps yeah. even just one person, but always love chatting with Cheryl and raising it up. And Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, my gosh. Great to have you. All right. So are you going to share with us, Jen, your book club choice? I think I'm still going with, because I've recommended this book three or four times this week, is the James Nestor book, Breath because it really, I mean, I love talking about food and I would talk about food all day, but the ability to notice our breath, the difference between mouth breathing and nasal breathing, the, I love in there, he talks about how the commonality between all these different religious, religious practices, mantras is the same slow exhale. It's like a five second exhale. And that's one of my favorite things to give new patients at a first visit is some bubbles. Because if we can slow down enough to blow bubbles or, you know, my family watches me do it when I'm super frustrated, just a nice slow exhale to regroup, you can do that in a millisecond. Well, five seconds. You can do that in five seconds and change your state and come back into yourself for a second. And then, yeah. And then like Nancy was saying, and then ask your intuition, what am I feeling? But without that breath, it, we're just sort of in panic mode and fight or flight mode. And it's, it's really that distinction. Do I have oxygen, enough <laughs> oxygen for my brain to work well? I love that. And it's free guys. It's free. Air, the air is there. <laughs> yeah. Rest practices are there. I checked that book out of the library and then I went and bought it at the bookstore and told the guy and he said, Oh yeah, you're not the first person to say that. <laughs> Oh. it's that good. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. can just start by looking him up on YouTube and hearing what he has to say and Patrick McGowan and get some breath exercises that right there could literally change your life and your health and your blood pressure and your relationship with your children. hundred <laughs> percent. Nancy and I've uh, talked quite a bit. I'm a big fan of uh, the mouth taping um, and stuff. So and James and Patrick yeah. McKeon and all those guys like talk about, you know, the, that whole thing. So I, I love that. Um, Nancy, do you have a book club, Rick? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm coming in, um, with a, a guy right now who is, um, he's a Canadian and he has got, he's had a lot to, to say lately. He's had a new book come out, but this is something, um, that I think, uh, has also hit one of the best books of 2022, which is uh, is Dr. Mate, Gabor Mate's The Myth of Normal. Um, he's really, his work 
is seminal in the world of teaching us about how to nurture our kids and get them out of cycles of shame. And as a doctor, like a like an MD himself, he's really um, done. He's seen it firsthand and trying to kind of unfurl how we look at our physical health and and our mental health. Um, and so what he's putting into question is exactly what what we chatted a little bit about today and, and what um, comes up a lot on this show is just let's start to question the systems that we're in and start to take some um, some ownership for what really what our what our story is, what what we need for ourselves, um, and do not take for granted those um, that we have been brought up in, in inside of a system that is is coaching us and coaxing us to to behave. <laughs> just to kind of say what I've been saying earlier, it's just just like put up and shut up, um, and what what that does to us over time, and um, that is not normal, and we should be thinking about it differently. I have to read that one. I haven't read that yet. That sounds great. Yeah, it, it, it's also an audiobook right now if you just want to listen, which I, which I do a lot. So Lovely. And the guys coming in hot. I'm just going to keep rolling with my Louise. Hey, heal your body. Hey. Check it out. Woo-hoo. It's teeny tiny. But also walk yourselves over to our website. We have all of our book club recommendations from myself and Nancy and all of our guests um, up on appealingtheonionpodcast.com. Um, visit us on social media. Leave us a review. We love having each of you here. Jen, thank you for getting up bright and early and spending time with us. Yes, happy to share time. You guys can find me, Dr. Jen Clemens. If you go to the upper right corner, there's sign up for love letters and you can get a little preview chapter of my little ebook. And yeah, I would love to hear what people want to learn more about. And I love to teach. It's it's the way I think. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait to come follow you on Instagram too and get some some knowledge from you can your get videos. Some food pictures too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm, I'll get inspired. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well, Jen, thank you, and to everybody, guys. If this if this talk hasn't <laughs> inspired to keep peeling the onion, I don't know what will. So keep doing it, folks. One little layer at a time. Keep peeling the onion. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Peeling the Onion Podcast. If we've inspired you to take the next step in your healing journey, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram and online at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. Music by Greg DeJazu and podcast production by Nova Media. Until next time, keep peeling the onion. Peeling the onion.